We're back. Yeah, been even a long though, time. I know it's been forever. Yeah. Even though we just uh, had to end the last pod early to <clears throat> jump into this pod, so now we're in a sort of purgatory of a situation because our guest arrived. I didn't realize he was here because I thought he was coming at seven. Uh-huh. We didn't actually. It's probably it was probably my fault, but whatever, it's fine. Um, but anyways, he was here and then he left and went up the street to grab a coffee. And then I called him and he's going to come back. He'll be yeah. here shortly. Uh-huh. So he could be here at any, at any moment. So this, uh, we're gonna, uh, this intro, shoot the, shit for a sec. shoot the shit for a second. We're not going to keep talking about eyes wide shut, even though we didn't that really, was a week ago for them. We could, <laughs> I, don't know, I know, I know. Right. It's like the magic of the internet and podcasting. Um, so I guess, uh, at this point you will be in Mexico. Yes. It will be basking in the glow of the sun. Fuck really like messing up with timelines and shit here. Huh? Yeah. It kind of doesn't make any sense, whatever, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, <laughs> Dude's got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. <laughs> we just talked for 45 minutes and then now we're faking an intro. But this is the magic of Hollywood. The magic of uh, if only I knew mm. what was unless unless we record. No, no, nah, fuck it. No, yeah, mm, yeah. Oh well. Uh, well, uh, I guess I'll just. You got Sebastian sleeping on your couch, huh? I do. Nice. How's he? Sebastian, shout out, shout out to Sebastian. He's good. He's here for a couple days. He's because we can see he has very uh, Berlin style belongings. Berlo- so Berlin, Berlin style belongings. So Berlin out. <laughs> but. There's a black. giant There's suitcase a piece of, of color in this entire. Oh yeah, I also want to look at look at these boots. He's, Whoa, he's got some cool stuff. I guess it rains there. Yeah, wow. Anyways, shout out to Sebastian. <laughs> I was gonna see if uh, he wanted to come on the pod because uh, we we're trying to cram as many episodes as we could leading up to this, uh, leading up to you leaving for a while. But for a variety of reasons, we weren't able to figure that out. Maybe uh, if he comes back after Jordan, we'll do another two hours. No, but they're going to dinner tonight. Oh, shit. They're going to Danny's. Oh, really? I was going to go, but of course I... Mm. The, when the pod calls, the pod calls. Pod calls, pod calls. Um, I guess I've been writing a lot of... <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got nothing to say right now. I got You've been nothing. writing a lot of music, though? Yeah. I have. I actually mm. will say that uh, the song that I played you uh, a while ago, like a week yeah, ago, yeah. Yeah. I think is the best thing I've ever written. Yeah, some good stuff. I'm pretty like happy with it. So. Um, when's it dropping? When's the new thing? Oh, I don't know. We were talking to Matt Tomasi today about actually going to the studio in March. Sick. So we are in LP one mode. So album, album mode is coming. I'm Fuck yeah. to like write as much as I can. Fuck yeah. Because are we even recording? Just making sure. Um, yeah, I just, oh man, this is a disaster. <laughs> no, it'll be a fun pod. It'll be a fun pod. Um, I guess we'll just intro the guest. Fuck it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Unless you got something you want to talk about. <laughs> I yeah. thought we were talking. All right. Well, yes, I have a lot of music I've been writing. <laughs> All right. Intro to fucking guest. <laughs> we have a guest today. He's a DJ, Jordan Gardner, half of the iconic duo in the city, Ebony, with Andre. I've known these guys for a long time. We just have Jordan today. Uh, he's visiting from Montreal, so we'll get into that. He DJed twice over the weekend, or I guess two weeks ago, depending on when this podcast comes out. Uh, once at Standard Time and one at a secret venue that I, uh, they actually asked me to DJ, but I turned it down because I had a studio session. Um, but yeah, so Jordan will be here shortly. He has a new EP that just came out. It's going to be, the man loves his drums and we're going to talk about drums. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Uh, 
all about positivity. Yeah, let's fucking let's just let's let's cleanse the room of that and let's get into some fun stuff because it. Let me just get my notes up here because I. There we go. All right, Jordan, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we we finally made it work. Well, this is so much back and forth. Well, because we tried to do this early. We tried to do this when your EP came out, which would have been like early December, and I forget why we couldn't make it happen. Life just happens. I think we were both just busy, or I wasn't in town. I think I couldn't stay in yeah. Toronto that long. I think because I had you, a show in Montreal, I had to jump. Back. Yeah, that's right. You would message me, and you're like, I'm, "I'm here from like this date to this date," and then you were doing like a listening party on like a Sunday. I th- it was like the listening party on the Thursday. That uh, it's okay, mm-hmm. which was also like a wild full circle moment because I used to work there. Wait, when it was when a shoe it, store? When it was SVP Sports. <laughs> And Crazy. the reason Andre and I got the Bambi's residency back in the day and started the Ebony Night yeah. was because I was playing random songs in there. I don't know how or why I was DJing in SVP Sports, but it happened. <laughs> and then Mikey from Bambi's was walking around. And I used to play like a lot of old school like Chicago tracks. <laughs> yeah. And I was playing The Sun Can't Compare by Larry Heard. Yeah. And I saw like this dude like snooping around. I could tell like he was into the music. This guy like, wearing all black. Just like <laughs> and then he, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play some more of this stuff. So yeah. Someone's finally liking it. And then he's like, hey, man, I have a bar. You should totally play some tracks. This is before you knew Andre? This is like around the first time I met him. So this was early. This is like, I'm like, I know that guy's a pretty good DJ. I'm going to go check out his set at Weldon Park. (laughs) First of all, you've already just name checked so many things that are just gone and that I have completely forgotten even existed. Weldon Park? Wow. It's before my time. This is before. Uh, this is like, would have been around the time you probably came to Toronto, but probably a place that you didn't go to. It was actually, weirdly enough, Austin works at, have you been to Danny's? Danny's Pizza Spot? It's like is a it, sick ass restaurant. Is it like a newer spot? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a but year or two. But the, but the reason I bring it up is because Weldon Park was literally like five, or like a block away. Five, like, oh, true. It's, it's on little, that same block yeah, on the yeah, same yeah. side. It was like, I'm trying to even remember what it was like. Man, it was... I feel like I'm, I'm pretty sure I DJed there back in the day. I must I have. I definitely did. But I look back and think that was like a wild place. Like, I think <laughs> I think you did remember, but your mind was like, nah, Josh, I'm going I'm to hook you up. <laughs> At the turn of one year, your mind is like, my boy, I got you. It's funny because like, we, we were just before we started recording this, we were like, 2024, no shit talking, no shit talking. And you're bringing this up and I'm like, I'm like, like don't say anything. Don't say anything you're going to regret about that place now. But... um. Uh, we're choosing love this year. We're choosing, choosing love. love. Choosing not shit talking. All I'll say is that was For a very now. interesting place. Till we stub our toes. <laughs> yes. I remember. I remember. Uh, Roy Woods would always be there. Oh like the gosh. like R and B guy. Uh, I do remember that. His, like I don't know why his manager was like friends with the bar owner back in the day, or it was like right before he popped off. I remember mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. he did like the All of You track that yeah. had like the Michael Jackson cadence. Yeah, yeah. that was a crazy track. Like no, that was such sick. a crazy Are song. You, uh, I don't know. Is he still making music? He is. Yeah, but I just I remember that All of You was like yeah. whoa. Like you that was, it was that four track EP that had like had like a little tree on it or something. I don't remember the artwork. I just remember all of you because his producer showed it to me and I'm like, yo, this is like, you know when someone plays a song in the room Yeah, and everyone just shuts up? And it was kind of just like, like, wait a minute, this this guy's got it. Yeah. No, that was like a very interesting time because like, I feel like we always talk about the sort of timeline because like we're similar age. Austin's younger. 
So I'm always trying to place him <laughs> when, when, when like someone that I know from, for like years and I'm like talking about like a very specific time or place and I'm like, how old would you have been and where would you have been at this exact moment? And there was actually a bar like uh, in a similar area that I went to a lot, which was like right across from the real jerk now, the new real jerk. Oh, and that would have been around that time. It was called like something lounge. It wasn't like a cool place, but sometimes in the basement <laughs> there was some sick shit going on. <laughs> so that's where I was. Yeah. I was across the street. The, yeah, you're across the, you weren't aware of Weldon Park just yet. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I walked by a subway on Dundas and they have like a jerk chicken bowl. No I, fucking way. I'm just thinking there's nothing they won't touch. They're going for it. Jerk oh, yeah. chicken? Jerk chicken at Subway? Yeah. I bet you it's fire. <laughs> Honestly, it probably slaps. I, I like clap. No. I'm like, no, those. They got it right this time. I, it's going to fly. In the I, suburbs in Brampton and Saga? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. So it, it's, it's always surprising how things like that, especially in a place like Toronto, do pop off. Because it's like, at the end of the day, only, I hate to use the word, but any sort of like, hipsters or whatever are really the ones that are going to be like, fuck that. Like yeah. most people will just be like, no, I'll, I'll just try it. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll try I'll the jerk chicken sandwich at Subway. You know what I mean? Like, Buying I feel, like no, I feel like no one really cares. No one cares. Cause, it, Cause it's like, is it like, if you really want to go get good jerk chicken, like, you know, go to, go to Eglinton. It's mm -hmm. like, I feel like everybody kind of knows that. Mm -hmm. Go to little Jamaica. Mm -hmm. If you want a Subway sub. I mean, I will <laughs> say, <laughs> I will say like, Living in Montreal, that's something I do miss. So, like the the Jamaican and Trinidadian cuisine that we is, have so much of. Is yeah. there none of that in Montreal? It's far, and it's in one. It's in like Plamondon. It's okay. like a far. Like it's not. It's not close to like where I yeah. guess our equivalent of like Dundas West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Montreal would be well because I remember back in the Montreal days when I lived there, there was a place that was a roti shop. And it was like, I want to say it was on Park or it was on St. Laurent. It might have been on St. Laurent. But it was like Bernard and Park, Bernard and St. Laurent, somewhere around there. And I remember people being like, be like, yo, man, like that fucking place is like so sick. It's fucking amazing. Like da da da. And like, I'm Trinidadian. So first of all, I have like very <laughs> high expectations. And second of all, I'm just like, was expecting just like something decent because I'm so used to this shit here. And I went and it was like, Trying to be positive, but this is a long time ago. This is a long time ago. This is a long time ago. It's a long time ago, and it was just like awful. It was like really, really bad, and it was almost like it was almost as if they were like trying to like appeal to the like Quebecois palate. Like it was like, like I swear that I, I, I maybe I'm making this up, but I swear there was like a roti that was like a poutine or something. Uh, and I was like, that sounds disgusting. That sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Like, yeah, it's got like chickpeas and potatoes and cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> like, when does cheese need to be anywhere near a roti? That's <laughs> never, never. No. One would argue cheese doesn't need to. That's be an act of, of violence. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's 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 offensive. Well, hold on. Going so going back to working at SVP. Yes, yes. And meeting Mikey Apples. So he just came in and was like, you should just come DJ at my bar? Yeah, he. I had never met him before that. Were you to, DJing, DJing? Or were you just playing off your phone or something? No, I had. I remember I had my <laughs> my CDJ 350s and CDJ 350 mixer that okay. I remember I bought with OSAP. Actually, I'm going to hold it a little closer. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, keep going, keep going. I had my CDJ 350 mixer and CDJs at... I like walked over with in a duffel bag. And <laughs> did, I you, did you work there though? Or were you just DJing? I there? worked there, yeah. You worked there so as I well? I worked there okay. and then I was like 
I managed to like finesse like DJing in there as well. And it was like a big sale or something. But I didn't think it was going to snowball into getting any like gigs in a place I like. Yeah, yeah, Bambi's yeah. like, that was like early Bambi's. Yeah. Like there was nothing yeah. like it. Well, that was kind of an era too where like it felt, I mean, Bambi's was in a sense the first... I want to say like micro club in the city that cared about something like sound that wasn't just like, Oh, a bunch of cool DJs are playing at like a bar. It was like a place that like sounded good and someone cared about the sound, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why it was like, and obviously there's been plenty of copycats. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, let's go. (laughs) No, uh, it's actually funny because the one, a meme that like everybody got really mad at me about, uh, that I, I it was always, it's always funny because I feel like people don't get not don't get my sense of humor, but like don't get that like 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 come on. For example, I made a joke about Juice and Bambi's six months ago, yeah, yeah. and the meme said uh, every cheap copy or every, every every masterpiece has its cheap copy. Every masterpiece was the picture of Juice, and cheap <laughs> copy was a picture of Bambi. Picture of Bambi's, which was like so obviously it's like, a fucking obviously we know like, Bambi's is the first one yeah. and juice came after, but people got so mad yeah. being like, do you realize that Bambi's was here first? Like, this is like, like the fact that you think that juice came first, like you're an idiot. And I was like, I was like, guys, like, that's the joke. The joke is that like, obviously Bambi's came first, but people, uh, and actually oddly enough, the funniest part is one person who did not, know that it was me that made that joke was Andre and Andre like, started cussing me in the comments and I was like dude you know you didn't realize it was me and then I ended up seeing him somewhere actually with you at standard time months later yeah. and I was like you know that I made that meme he's like oh my god I didn't realize it. <laughs> Andre gets Andre's very headstrong mm-hmm. yeah well I feel like he well Bambi's was like his incubator for so long and like yeah also Bambi's is one of the few spots in Toronto that's like survived oh totally well yeah yes you said weldon park (laughs) 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 but okay so hold on so because this is a very interesting story to go from like djing at a shoe store to just kind of getting sucked into like because i wonder do you think that there were maybe i don't want to say a lack of not a lack of djs but do you feel like there was like some kind of like maybe turning point kind of happening like sonically like at that what was this like 2004 2000 no this was before this okay. was like 2013 okay yeah this was like early Tronada, like yes. just want to be your girl yes and like the urban crowds were like oh i guess this is kind of like house music right people were kind of hungry for something different yeah it's kind of like after the first two weekend albums and mm-hmm. people kind of wanted something different mm-hmm. a bit faster yeah um but I feel like there was like it was a good time for something different within within that crowd. And yeah. when Andre and I got that Bambi's night, we noticed it was like there was a lack of representation in the dance music communities. hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. It was like it was literally just us. I know. No, I know. I re- I remember when that party because I honestly, having known you guys for so long, I forgot that Ebony was a party first. Yeah. Like I've I in my mind it was just the two like that was your you guys DJ name like that was you guys DJing together but I forgot that it was like a party and you guys would have like really sick like guests and like I remember when that party was like really starting to become like a thing that was when I was almost like reintroduced back into like techno 
because I, not to be like, I obviously I'm well aware of the origins of techno and stuff like that in Detroit and blah, blah, blah. Jeff Mills, like, of course, but I had almost forgotten that there was like a really interesting way of mixing all of this stuff together that you guys were doing that nobody else was doing at the time. And it would be like, it had this like almost like gospel feel to it. And the way you guys were doing it, I don't know. I remember it, it was very much when I was at this time, when you guys would have been really starting this party, I was very much in my like kind of fade to mind kind of like uh, deconstructed club music kind of vibe. I was very not into the like four on the floor kind of thing, or at least I didn't think I didn't realize that I was, but whatever. And my point is that I remember going to one of those parties and it like reinvigorating being like, no, 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 wait, I like this too. Because I was so into just like, you know, like I said, all this like broken, whatever kind of club beat kind of things. And you guys were just the first ones to really just like, for me at least, you guys were the ones that opened my eyes to like getting back into, because there was, we're not talking shit. Um, <laughs> there was, um, what were those guys called? Yeah. Parties were what I imagined, what I was very, I just, I personally was not really that into that kind of scene. Right. Like I said, I was more into something different and that's sort of what I, I associated with a lot of, of, of that music. And then this felt like something that kind of came after it in a much more like organic way. I don't know. I mean, it's like also like reference points. Like I feel like within, especially in that time, within a lot of techno scenes, it didn't reach. I hate to like talk about the music industry and use the term like urban markets. Yeah. But it was like when like when urban markets or like urban cultures are kind of involved in in the style of music it kind of has a bit more soul a bit yeah. more swing yeah it's not just like gray like a burial song or something yeah, yeah. You know? we love burial love, that's not to say we don't but it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, like a, different it's a certain it's a yeah, certain kind thing. of mood yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah and i think i think i think it opened i think it opened more and it really goes to say like do you feel that like you know the crap like does the crowd make the party or does the DJ make the party? The DJ definitely does. It's the, up to the DJ to have that through line. Uh-huh. Like I, I, it's funny. I learned how to DJ through playing soccer. Wait, Whoa. What? I know. It's, <laughs> Wait, what? it's a, it's a weird parallel, but I was always like the creative player behind the forward. Yeah. Like I used to play like provincial and rep and I was always like, there's all these like awesome athletes and I got to like bamboozle them. I got to, figure out a way to like feed my striker <laughs> the perfect pass. Right. right. And to do that, I got to get into my striker's head. I got to think, where is he going to ra- run around? Where is he going to move? What's he going to do to fake to open up that, that gap between a bunch of defenders? And I yeah. pick that pass. <laughs> yeah. And learning, like, learning to play like that and being the creative player kind of taught me to think or like kind of get into people's heads yeah yeah, because yeah. like djing is very much like it's a social commentary too right 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 you can't just be like i'm gonna do my thing and play all these sick tracks it's like <laughs> no you're doing a job like yeah, yeah yeah imagine going to apartment 200 and playing i don't know sven bath yeah like yeah, just yeah. like blistering yeah. 150 <laughs> bpm techno just yeah. playing gap like it, yeah, it yeah, wouldn't yeah. work right like yeah but so what are you watching? What are you looking for when this is like when this is happening? Well, it's it, you feel it. It's a feedback. It's mm-hmm. a reaction, right? right. You could mm-hmm. tell people are leaving the dance floor if you're not doing yeah. if yeah, you're not yeah, doing yeah. it right. But when you're getting that feedback reaction, you could hear people like 
engaging with the music. You play a vocal track and people are singing the vocals. Right. And then you cut out the vocals and then they sing it and they hear that you're in tune with them. Yeah. Then you throw it back in and then they're singing to it again. And the fun thing too is I feel like it's almost like kind of like there's levels of teasing. Because like you were saying, you can't go into something like an Apartment 200 and just go bow, 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 bow. Mm-hmm. But you could if you, if, you, if you played your cards right. You could get them in. You could it. get there if you did it right over the course of X amount of time. You right. know, if you were slowly bringing things up, teasing little bits of things, then it might turn into a moment as opposed to like you're saying, just like trying to play sick tracks. Yeah. Because sick tracks are only first you got to entertain. But <laughs> it's also like finding that through line and understand like the people you're playing to and like their mm-hmm. reference points. Like if they're like younger or something, like yeah. if they're just getting out of school or something. Yeah maybe play bootlegs within the same style of stuff you like so right. yeah it's kind of like within their palette but it's like oh i never pictured billy eilish right with this kind of two-step swing to it this is yeah. really interesting do you like, make edits yourself i do i haven't put any out but i okay. have made a few okay because yeah. i feel like that's another thing where i i used to make a lot of edits and i still do for fun but i always forget that like I got to just like put them out. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they're, cause they're just such freebies. Like you're not going to like, you're not going to make, I mean, you can make money off of them. In high school, it was like all I listened to for a long time was just like, I'd, I had like, like just DJs weird. that I followed on Twitter and then I would like listen to their edits and then play them at parties. Yeah. 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 It was like all I did. Well, cause it's, 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 it's also a very good way. It's a very easy way to get into dance music mm-hmm. because I feel like you have the familiarity of like a track, you know, mm-hmm. and then with that, you're then kind of like, Oh, like, like I want to have just like more, more songs like because <laughs> that was like probably how I I mean my sort of like initial I guess like dance music stuff like when I really tried to think about it was like mashups and shit like you remember like Girl Talk man so did you see that documentary uh, about him Ripper Remix Manifesto no this is, what okay there's this really dope copyright lawyer named Lawrence Lessig and okay. he's trying to make a framework where like people could like sample like a big artist's work, whatever, and like not have to like pay like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to clear like eight bars, like yeah, some sort of sustainable framework where everyone could like borrow from each other's works and build on and just create new culture. Uh huh. And Girl Talk was like the thesis for that, really, because he wasn't taking like tiny loops; he was taking like full songs, full songs, and yeah. just mashing them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lawsuits he was was getting were insane. It's like a, it's yeah. It's called Ripper Remix Manifesto. It's really, really cool. I'm one hundred percent gonna so watch good. This. Well, because he was he was the first time I'd ever like. I mean, I guess no, yeah. The more I think about it, that was definitely my my introduction to even like a remix in that kind of sense, mm-hmm. where you're just like hearing this mashup of like, and those things happen so fast. Like like sorry, the tracks, I'd be like. And now here's Ghostface, and then we're like, and here's uh, the Pixies, and here's that. Like it, it moved in such quick, like that album. What's it called? Like uh, Weirdo Rippers? No, not Weirdo Rippers. Night, Night Ripper. Night Ripper. Yeah. Night Ripper. Yeah. Weirdo Rippers. Is, no, uh, Night Ripper. That was the one that like started it all for me, and like I remember. But then it's funny how the mashup just kind of died. Do you think? Do you think the mashups are going to come back? I, I I actually think this is the year for it. I'm down for it. There's some good mashups. Yeah. There's okay. But what constitutes a mashup though? More than two songs, right? Yeah. But I think it's actually just like layering them and not doing too much, but yeah. just yeah. knowing they sit together really well, and you yeah. don't have to do too much. Yeah. Like there's this okay, there's this heater I always play. Uh-huh. Like if I if I'm playing on three CDJs, uh-huh. 
It's like, a, you know the artist Barker? Barker, no. He kind of, he's like, he kind of makes like very ambient techno. Okay. And then they took the acapella of I'm So Into You by Ariana Grande. Okay. And they're in the same key and they line up so well together. So it's just like Ariana singing and then with like a perfectly cleaned up acapella. Right. And then like the, the melodic, like there's no drums in it either. So right. the melodies are just crescendoing as she's like hitting the high notes. Whoa. Sick. And then you just use that as a tool. Then you play something crazy with yeah, drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta send me this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit that into this part <laughs> while, you're, while you're explaining it. <laughs> well, because the, the one edit that I've been really into recently has actually been made by, uh, I know he's a friend of yours, uh, M Booty Spoon. But he did, uh, one of uh, OPN, One of Tricks Point Never, and Ice Spice. So hard. It's, that's, uh, a, that's a good it's idea. It's Chrome Country and uh, whatever the Ice Spice song is called. I play that all the time. It's like part of my like... Sick. Because I just like love when things... It just turns something like an Ice Spice vocal that's so like like raw and raspy and like dirty. Yeah. But then over this like beautiful ambient piece with then just some like kind of like Detroit style drums on top. It's sick. It's like I like... Like I like bought that off his band camp because I was like, I need this. He's he has so many edits. He's yeah. very, very quick. Yeah. Well, that's the other part of the edit though that I think about that makes it tough for me at least, is there's a level of Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I think we follow we each other. We do follow no, we do follow each other. Yeah. We do. We but do. I I don't tweet that much. That's why that's why yeah. I ask. I don't tweet much. We do we one hundred percent follow each other. Um I don't tweet either much anymore, but I do feel like a lot of it has to do with like being topical and being like, like, like knowing like, like literally the trends, like part of the reason why I was so into that, like Ice Spice edit was because it was like, I was also kind of like, who the fuck is Ice Spice? It was like, so she was so new at that time that I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's like, I do feel like a part of it has to do with like being up to date with like pop music. You know, because, like, you can either do the timeless edit of, like, some kind of, like, Mariah Carey something, or you're, like, here's the new Ariana Grande song that's dropping next Friday, which <laughs> I saw on Twitter today. But, you know, a smart <laughs> move would be to, like, grab that acapella and, like, you know, try to make something. But it's also funny because I feel like it's getting easy now because I was working on a track recently and we wanted to sample the drums oh, using ai and yeah. shit to take it. it's so much easier now it's have crazy you, you i remember i remember trying to do this uh, so i used to like skateboard and i remember making a i was making a skateboard edit and i forget the two songs i wanted to mash up but i wanted to add the vocals of one to right. the <laughs> instrumentals of another and it yeah. took me like so fucking long yeah. and then i hadn't like i don't make music that much anymore so i was i wasn't trying to do this and then the other day i like try, had to do it for something and it took me like two fucking seconds no, it's nuts. It's insane how quick it is. It's nuts. Like, you literally grab a song, put it in this thing, and it goes vocals, bass, drums, whatever, mid-range. It just, like, it separates them, like, almost perfectly. And, like, a free app, too. Have like, you used, like, RX? Like, Isotope RX? I have. But so it does it better than... I wouldn't say it does it better. No, not better. No. I don't think it does it but better. But it does it's quick. It's quick. It it's just quicker, does it, it's free. And it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Not it's taxing like, on the CPU. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> not enough to freeze anything. Yeah, no, it's just like very just like... I just... Because we were, we were kind of just like... We were messing around. I forget what I was trying to get. Oh, it was actually the... Ah, never mind. It's too stupid to tell you what it is. But it was, it was for my... <laughs> I was sampling a track for my friend who was like, can you help me make this beat out of the... Um, Malcolm in the Middle theme song for this record we're working Whoa. on. And I That's was a crazy timestamp. And I was like, 
I was like, how can we even do this? I was like, this is like a, the, the theme song is like a, like a punk, not a punk song, but it's like, it's like fast. It's like, how am I going to turn this into like a, like a hip hop beat? And then I was like, wait, I can take out the drums and then chop it up without the drums to make it like, anyways, it's just crazy to think that you can now just like <clears throat> throw a track into this. Like, like I literally, those did. tools I find like super good for, for like sure. for filmmaking too. And for music, like those things are amazing. Yeah. How do you feel about the whole AI thing? Oof, promise not to be a hater. I think no. I, <laughs> you can hate. I think no. I you can I, hate on AI if you want. I'm just kidding. I think I got this ad recently that was like it was a I forget which company it was. It was like a IG ad for a plugin, and okay. it's like the future of music. The future of music is human, and the plugin was called Human, and I was like, mm-hmm. and it's an AI plugin. It's just like a. It's supposed to add more swing to your music, and the actual just by turning it the dial on the the plugin was Human. Yeah, it just says like, and the more just, you turn it, the more human it sounds. So I'm assuming it takes off quantization. Yeah, it it's makes, just like a, it's basically adds more just like swing. A, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a Jay Dilla thing. Just so it's like, like it's what is it Jay like? Dilla. Robot on the opposite side is like <laughs> yeah, Dilla, but. Yeah. I think it could be handy. No, like, for yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it more so just like. Don't lean on it. Like there's more to it. Like you can. Any, like anyone who knows how to make music and like has like yeah. a unique perspective and knows like how to present that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like another Same. tool. It's like just like getting another new plugin. And, yeah. the, and the, the thing I always, I always go back to is like, as soon as you start to hate on things like that, it really sort of puts you in like old head mode where you're yeah. just like it's like for example like that's what i was saying to embracing the future is yeah. the only thing to do because it's fucking coming and the and the, <laughs> and the best actually yeah. and the best do embrace it yeah and like a simple example is like madlib like his whole thing was like making music on his mpc up until i don't know a couple of years not a couple of years ago, like maybe like five or six years ago when he did that sway interview when he was like how do you make your beats you still use an mpc or an s or whatever and he's like no nah, use an ipad <laughs> and everyone was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, no, I've been using an iPad like since they like invented iPads. And he just like was like, no, I just make my beats, I just drag file, I make them on my iPad. Yeah. And it's like he's literally known as one of the best ever. Mm. And for him, and the and, and the reason I bring it up is because when he said that and he's and he was like, I've been doing this for the last five, X amount of years since they started making them, you had everyone going back being like, wait, he made this on an like there was no at no point is there a shift in his sound where it's like, right. well, he uses iPad era, now it sounds different. Like, no one noticed. And if you're that good at, like, making what it is you're making, then you can just use the technology anyways. It's yeah. like... That's exactly it. If, if what you're making is good, then the, the medium with which you're making it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It's the same with, like, digital video versus film. It's like... I would say like if you're uh, if you're insecure about your work, mm-hmm. then shooting on film is a really nice thing to do because yeah. <laughs> it amplifies yeah. it. Yeah, no, but totally. if you're not insecure, then you can shoot on whatever the fuck you exactly. want because the work exactly. is good. Yeah, and, you, yeah, sorry. You got to embrace technology though. Like imagine, yeah. oh, I'm taking the train to Montreal. I'm gonna work on some music. Yeah. You're gonna bring like what? You're gonna bring a big ass <laughs> 909. Yeah, exactly. Big ass like Tascam tape deck machine. Yeah. Like, I thought you were gonna say you're gonna, you're not gonna take the train. You're gonna drive a horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that really is it. Yeah, Once you get into that level. It's like, yeah, you have to embrace the technology. Yeah, because like I don't know. It's like you know when you see people just being like, you know, like it's the kind of like back in my day. I, it was way harder for me. Like it's yeah. But it's like it's like I see people our age, people we know, yeah. doing this exact same thing where it's like yeah. you talking about this the human whatever knob plugin. Yeah. It's like. You know, I could sit there and be like, oh, you know, back in my day, like a couple of years ago, I had to, 
manually select my kicks and my snares and move them over it's like would i ever say that no like it's like i'd be so much happier to know that i could just like turn a knob and just make it just like drag out a little i like bit. to think of it between like painting and photography you know like painting was the only way to take a portrait of someone for right. a long time right and then we came up with photography and then the, <laughs> we the, came up with it <laughs> and then painting was able to do something completely different that photography could never do you yes. know what i mean it was yes. able to take like a new lane a new like course of artistic expression you know yeah. and that's that's what it's all about like once something comes and takes over the like the ease of use of something then that thing can now reach new levels of artistic expression you totally know? and it's, it's it's like i said it's a it's about acknowledging its existence and trying to push it mm -hmm. like that's the thing For as sure. well yeah it's like all of the greatest you know movements in music and film like whatever they've all used a thing that they that they had and then they figured out a way to push it beyond what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And then the technology catches up and they make the thing that like, you know, and then like, they push that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, think of like a, like a, I don't know, like a three Oh three or something. It's like, yeah. that wasn't supposed to do that. It wasn't supposed to make those noises. Now we have, you know, digital boxes that are designed to make those, those squelchy little three Oh three sounds. Mm -hmm. But like this, this was an instrument that was meant to make fucking like fake, like finger picked bass lines. Yeah. You know, it's like, but you know what? It's like, Outside of the people, like people who make music, like no one really cares that much. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know, I know. Like older heads will be like, you know what? DJs aren't good at mixing anymore. In yeah. my day, we had to mix on two vinyls. We had to lug around a record crate. And it's like, but no one cares. Like, yeah. Does it sound good? Are people having fun? Yeah. yeah. You know that meme where it's like, there's that one person in the corner, yeah, like they, yeah. arms, arms crossed. crossed. <laughs> they don't know that transition was amazing. <laughs> they don't know that. It's like, yeah. we don't care if we know or not. Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah. Go away. Well, that's and, the thing is, no, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think there's a place for that. There's a place for obviously the fucking guy with his creative records and that's so sick and it's a completely different night out. You know, yeah, it's yeah. a different experience. Yeah. You go to it to different reasons. The same reason, like the same way you go to a, a play for a different reason than you go yeah. to a movie. You know, it's a, it's just a completely different experience. Well, I think, I think honestly, we've thankfully come around a little bit and we're now able to like be more open-minded to these things because I'll be the first to admit, and I would assume maybe you did this as well and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was an era where like, you know, if you were DJing on CD, DJs, you kind of frowned upon someone who brought a controller and a laptop. Mm -hmm. Not frowned, but there was it was the normal. And like, I don't think it's right, but I will say that I was definitely someone that was kind of like, hey, you have a Serato controller, like, <laughs> and like, I think that's bullshit. I regret ever feeling I, that I way. I do too. I do, I. I was kind of like pretentious about yeah. it. And looking back, it's Same. like CDJs are so easy to use. You, you know literally. That? count and hit play or cue yeah. and everything's matched <laughs> yeah, yeah i know it's, it's no different it's the ease of access to them like i i bought mine with osap when i was like 19 you know yeah, but yeah. if i didn't have like if i didn't have a pair to practice on i wouldn't have known yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah. i'm doing but it's like what five thousand bucks to have a pair yeah. yeah i do think resisting the future though is a sign of someone that has like that is a good person. <laughs> like if you resist the future for a little bit, yeah. if you have that resistance in you at first, I think that's a good sign. It's just whether or not you stick to it. Do you oh, know I, what I mean? I, and I think, I think it has to do with the fact that like, because especially at like a coming of age kind of, let's just say someone's like, you know, getting into DJing, we'll use that obviously as the example. So like if you're, you know, if you're growing up idolizing somebody using a certain thing, yeah, even if the technology has surpassed it, you kind of want to play the thing for the person that you look up, looked up to. So whether it was like you're a DJ, you like someone who plays vinyl. CDJs exist, but you might still want to do the vinyl thing because you want to have a career or a sound or a style similar to what you like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You yeah. get a tunnel vision for the things you like, even if it's not like the smartest <clears throat> workflow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. I, yeah. Think of that friend who has like 40 cents. How much tracks are they finishing compared yeah. to someone who has like a laptop? Yeah. This is this, <laughs> and this a crack copy of Ableton. This yeah. is this is this is what I've been saying for years because I feel like a lot of people uh kind of like overcompensate for lack of creativity by thinking that buying gear will make them more creative. Mm -hmm. And so many of the best, again, using Madlib as an example, but like, you know, he was able to make all this with just an iPad. And it's like, so it's like, you know, people have shot music videos on iPhones. Mm -hmm. People have taken, you know, Jurgen Teller's fucking shooting W magazines on his iPhone. It's like all this stuff is just like, you, it really comes down to like what you're willing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, if you go upstairs, like I have what one synth up there. Mm. Do I even use it? No. <laughs> like. I also want to get rid of mine. But like back to my friend Booty Spoon, like he, mm -hmm. he was like, have you checked out the, the Ableton app? I'm like, no. Oh, the phone I, app. Yeah. And he, I just saw him like making beats on it. And he's like, he would just export it straight to your computer after. Yeah. And I was like, that's insane. No, I, I, got, I got that app when I was, I had like a long flight. And I was like, again, resisting getting it because I was like, nah, I don't need that. And then I got it. I was like, fuck it. It was like 12 bucks or something. I like bought it. Yeah. And I don't use it that much. But again, when I'm in like, you know, you're on the train or you're like at the airport or like whatever. It's like, like it's a point where you don't necessarily want to take out your laptop, which is like kind of insane to even say because it's literally a small computer. But you know, <laughs> you, know, you, know you just like don't even want to do that. You're mm -hmm. just like, ah, I don't want to bring up my laptop. <laughs> so I just like pull up your phone and just like, you know, like rip some little beats on there. And then like, like those things are cool. Like. I don't know. I, I'm slowly, not slowly, I'm now just like fully open because I feel like there has been a shift with the AI thing. I feel like people at the beginning were very, and maybe they still are, very against it. Very like, I just, I think if, 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 I think it's like one of those things, the more we fight it, the more it's going to actually have power over right. us, you know? Whereas like <laughs> if we learn to use it and we can use it for positive things, then great, mm -hmm. you know? It does. It's not gonna. It doesn't replace creativity. It's no. like you were. Have you, did you ever seen that thing where uh, David Guetta was playing at a festival, and he? It was like just like Maybe. one of these viral things. He was playing at a festival, and then there was like a bridge and like the white noise rise, and then yeah, an Eminem Vox. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see this, and it was an AI generated. It was Eminem. AI yeah. AI generated thing, but like it works. You know, yeah. it does work. Well, that 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 raises a different question. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't solve racism if that's where you're going. <laughs> well, but no, 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 no. The fact that, like, well, I mean, David Guetta's got a whole has made a, a, several questionable decisions over the last uh, five years. But because uh, it was, it was an AI-generated Eminem vocal, right? Yeah, it was, and he never got permission to do that. You do wonder though if it was cleared, if that was cleared by Eminem's team, would that have won a Grammy? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> that earworm. Pro honestly, probably. That They're song probably was everywhere. Yeah. That's insane. I forgot I actually forgot I forgot about that. But it's still not as bad as the uh I have a dream. Oh. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> that was like yeah, was That's bad. what I was I was hinting at with the solving racism. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Shout out to his family. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> I was not going to say that's a good track. I was going to say that that was just such a, a funny, such a funny, like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. No, it was insane. Like, you can't, you, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> you just don't do that. You just got to stare at your screen, your phone, just your phone screen and be like, whoa. Just be like, no, 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 no. This no, pandemic no. has really been taking a toll on people. 
No, it's no, like no. he you could tell he didn't go for his walk that day. No, yeah, yeah. 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 He didn't touch grass. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he was just up on the top of the building all day long. Um so I want to talk a little bit about Montreal because like at what point did you leave Toronto? Because you I knew you was a Toronto man. And then that's slander. Toronto oh wait, no, you didn't. I take that back. You didn't have the Z. The Z, the Z is slander. The Z is I didn't say slander. Toronto man's. This it's is true. Man. The Z is slander. I said a Toronto man. Um, do you like? Do you like? Do you like? You. I feel like you're more of a Montreal person now. I feel like you've converted. I've converted. Yeah. Interesting. I I really do like it. Yeah. I also speak French. I studied it. I was that's in French key. immersion from okay. kindergarten until grade twelve. So okay. my French was just disappearing. True. It yeah. was better in my late teens, but like it's it's come back over the last summer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean that's definitely a major. Bonus. That's I like probably would have moved to Montreal by this point if I spoke French. But there's a misconception though. I would say it's maybe like sixty, not even sixty percent French. Yeah, especially like with people with our generation. Like yeah. you don't need French. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's still I don't know. There's something about like certain neighborhoods. Yeah, you don't, you don't really need French too much. I just yeah. I, really, I like it's only have and, and like the the rumors are untrue. I agree. Like the fact that like I remember growing up always hearing like oh the French are so mean to the English when they go to Montreal and I've never really experienced that, but I have had like one or two encounters where like a, a, an old head French guy will look at me like I'm the scum of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would only really happen like like downtown. Maybe, yeah. Right. It's been a long time since I've been there. Let's not pretend we're Montreal. Yeah. No, but because uh, I... Downtown, I, maybe. Um, no, I, it's older generations. Like, people yeah, are exactly. parents' age. Anyone, like, younger like us, they won't They yeah. won't really care. And they, yeah. they could all speak English, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, they, if they see you trying, like, yeah. if you say a few words in French and they see you're trying, <laughs> yeah. it's actually, like, the courtesy. Yeah. Then they'll switch to English. True, true, true. Because I, I did have... But this is actually in France. But I had... Because I took um, extended French through... Uh, grade seven to the end of high school and extended French was you took French class, you took history and geography all in French. The only difference between that and immersion was immersion. You did math and science in French as well. Mm. I did that. That was horrible. Yeah. So yeah, that was what that's I was a PTSD like, for sure. I was <laughs> science like, and French was I can, bad. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't do science or math period. Like, yeah, there's no, no way I'm doing this in a different language. I was like, I was like history. I'll just like, you know, fake. <laughs> and geography, dates anyways, geography right? is just a map. You can, it's you know, just you dates figure, and names. Figure out where things are. <laughs> um, but, but I did have that moment where I actually don't think it was Montreal. Now that I'm about to, to think about this out loud, but I remember being, um, it was in France when I went to Paris for the first time and was like, I'm going to speak French. I'm going to like, try to like, flex on my French a little bit. And I was just like, uh, I forget what I said. I was like, can I get a croissant or something? <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, that'll be 8.50 or whatever. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> like, it was like, like the response was in English. Yeah, but I was like, they, me like very much trying. Yeah. yeah, But I guess you're right. I guess you don't. Cause like, and I guess for you, for DJing, like I feel like Montreal just has such a better nightlife. It does. Infrastructure. Yeah. It has more, yeah, it has more venues. I think it has more of a focus specifically on like underground and yeah. especially the electronic stuff. They got like Picnic and Igloo Fest. I yeah. played them both. I'm yeah, playing yeah, yeah. like one of the, I'm playing one of the Igloo Fest after parties this year. And okay. like I played Bonobo's Picnic party this year. So, like it's, Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. I think it's more for like my style of music. I think it makes sense. If I... Cause this is something I found when I lived in Toronto, like Toronto for like the TV and film industry. Right. It's so booming. And cause like 
we go out to a lot of the same spots as people that work in right. TV and film. Yeah. It's like... Like him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a musician, if someone's yeah. like, hey, I'm just doing this TV show, would you be down to score it? Yeah. Nine out of ten times, you're going to say yes if it's oh, like something you like. You absolutely. Know? It's also, I, I feel like that, that kind of stuff is always always a fun challenge like yeah. i've done things that are like you know i would never say what they are on this but they're like corny but they're still fun to do it's like oh you want to like make like a like a goofy little like jingle christmas song like I'm like yeah i'll try <laughs> you know it's like that stuff is like i think fascinating to me but, but sorry that doesn't exist in montreal not as well the industry is not as for big as here the commercial projects are always here right. for the most part right, right so i right. found a lot of like the musicians in our scene yeah wouldn't stray too far from being able to marry their work with commercial projects. Right. So yes. they didn't dig as deep or experiment as much. Yeah. And it's not to say like they didn't have the chops or anything. It's just yeah. like the stuff they're putting out, you know, it's staying adjacent to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's staying adjacent to, what do you want to call it? The zeitgeist. Yeah. And just, and I guess uh, the unfortunate, it's like, also, just wanted to make a sustainable living that's out of your music. Say. Yeah. That's what that's, I was just going to say. Yeah. And in a city that's more expensive. But, Montreal's getting pretty expensive these days. So at least it yeah, seems like it. It is going it is going up, but it's still like half of Toronto. Are you serious? Yeah. Half? Yeah. For like a one bedroom Damn. in Montreal, like I guess you're right. Yeah. Toronto's going up and you as, get like as double, fast as Montreal's going up. My yeah. friend was complaining about the rent in her apartment going up and she has like a beautiful Sorry, this is here in Montreal. This, sorry, this is in Montreal. Okay. She's got like a beautiful two bedroom double balcony lots of lighting yeah. really nice apartment she's mm -hmm. like i'm so annoyed my rent has gone up to 800 bucks oh my god fuck <laughs> <laughs> i knew a guy for the entire place the entire place hundred dollars yeah dude double balcony i paid how long is she for, imagine having a balcony in toronto one of the rooms, I have a balcony one of the many rooms in this house not to brag <laughs> what's that yeah it's insane that's i that's fucked no, well, yeah, you you have Montreal rent. You have maybe the. I only am very very lucky, and I know a few other people that are very very lucky to have Montreal prices in Toronto. Yeah. But, but that's that's like part of the rare. reason that Montreal for like underground scenes is so good, right? Because yeah. the whole Montreal attitude is we preserve what's here, so yeah, they're not inviting a lot of investors, and right. they don't have Airbnb anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the attitude I respect. Still existed, oh, there's no you know? Airbnb in Montreal. I last time I checked, they got rid of it for a while. Like, I was, I was literally. I don't think it's legal. Which is anymore. the reason that the landlords are able to buy all these properties and mark them up however fuck they want in Toronto. You know, really, because I was, because yeah. like I said, when we're going to, Mon to Montreal on the third, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't look it up, but Lauren was like, "Oh, I'm going to look into some Airbnbs." I'm pretty but sure there so are. Maybe it's. I know. I think they might have changed regulation, right. or it's there's. There might be some more okay. red tape around it. But, but it took them an extra like five years to get Uber there, right? Oh, I remember that. Uber remember used would, to be bad there. It would take like half them. an hour for an Uber to just to come to you. Dude, just, and, they would, and, you, and you had to act as if you were their cousin. You, I remember, no, you I remember had to getting sit in the in, front seat. Yeah, you had to sit in the front seat. What? Yeah. yeah. The, I remember the first month, oh, yeah. Uber I took in Montreal, which was in probably 2015 or 2016. Um, they were like, yeah, just if anyone asks, like you're my, you're my, you're my son's friends. That was what he said. Yeah. No, wow. no. You'd call an Uber and like, I remember the same thing. I remember getting into the back seat like I was like used to doing. The guy was like, mm -hmm. oh, no, 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 you got to sit in the front. I was like, huh? I was like, okay. And it was because if the cops saw like a regular car acting as like a chauffeur or a taxi or whatever, yeah, they would, pull, they would pull you over and give you a ticket. Yeah. So the only way to fake it was to just look like you're just two, two friends driving around Montreal yeah. together. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, that, they were they were very late to the Uber thing. I don't know why. Well, I think but, the, 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 I, th I want to say unions are stronger there. Okay. 
Which, and maybe just some like classic, as Dan Burke told us before, some some mafia shit. And some mafia shit, which There's is always someone tied controlling to the union. some kind of like taxi yeah. thing. I mean, but I don't know. They own that. like they would own ta- like Montreal-based businesses would own taxi companies. Yeah, right? yeah. Uber is yeah. not owned by them. No, no. but I'm Montreal's saying Montreal's all about per- for sure. There is that here too. There too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. So I've seen some wild stuff in Montreal. Yeah. So oh yeah, <laughs> is it not? I, I thought I there was a. I thought this was already supposed to happen, but wasn't Uber supposed to be banned in Toronto too? No, that's like this has been something. This has been actually just a rumor, a wives' tale that's been going on for the past like ten years. Is that Uber is is going to be banned in the next like five months? No, I hear it. Every I, I believe year. Airbnb going down, but I don't know about Airbnb. Is just too fucked. It's too unregulated. The property mm-hmm. damage and stuff. Yeah. That's for yeah. Yeah, it's just like imagine just like if I if we were just here, just having like a chill conversation, and downstairs was just some like frat party because it's an Airbnb. And it's just I, I just you shouldn't like it's it's turning per, like personal property or turning a house into a, yeah. a, a you know a business yeah when people are homeless seems yeah. like kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but sorry so but back to the montreal thing for a second so you think that do you think that toronto has any kind of uh i don't want to say do you think toronto stands a chance with like uh not competing with montreal but but you know sustaining its own version of nightlife it's. I mean, new spots are popping up. Like um, the new Invisible City spot is really. Yep. I haven't been there, but I've heard really good things. That's about the Invisible it. City Juice one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it in- Invisible City Juice? It's yeah. like. Uh, I actually haven't been to Juice. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> it's just down Landmark. the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's. Um, yeah, I think it's the two of them together that are doing that. Okay, sick. I heard. I heard it's really good. I haven't been yet. I was gonna go on New Year's after I played, but then, you know. Decided to just stay in one in one spot. Yeah. Um, but sorry, go on. Just do the, do the, I mean, it seems like there's a couple spots coming up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also, the warehouse raves here are sick too. Yeah. yeah. There's people that are doing it here. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the, the infrastructure from the from the city is far from here. Yeah. But there's I, people. There's a lot of people here that want to make it happen and are doing it. And I think as we've like kind of discussed before with like people like Bambi and Chippy and stuff, like I feel like. A big part of it, which kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the DJ and the crowd or the DJ and the audience or whatever, but so much of like the actual sustainability of these parties and of these events is people being willing to go beyond right over there, mm-hmm. you know? And that's something that I feel like, and I don't know why, and I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like at least in Montreal, people are willing to travel a little more for like a party. People can't stay home in Montreal, can yeah. confirm this, especially yeah. at the end of the summer. Yeah. Like Wednesday through Sunday, right. people are out at a party. Yeah. Fuck, I gotta go back. Yeah. Come in the summer though. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. My I just friend get the played weird... Igloo Fest in last winter and it was minus 38. Jeez. You remember like living there. It's a, it's a slightly deeper cold. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a cold. Oh, that, it's the it's worst. That, that I went in, you inside. <laughs> I went. I went in February one year, and I promised never to go back in February ever again. And I know you're going in February. It was literally like minus forty, and I was like, "I the fuck." But yeah. the crazy thing is, is, we did it. Yeah. And you you do it. But in Toronto, I don't think people would do it. But, that, but and that, and this is, <laughs> if it was minus forty in Toronto, everybody's like, "Yeah, no." But this fuck? is the sickest part. That's why, like, I remember when we got offered the show again in February. And my initial thought was, ah, like, you're going to go on the coldest, most miserable month in a city colder than the one that you're currently in, which is already pretty damn cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wait, no, it's Montreal. Mm-hmm. People will find any excuse to do anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter unless it's like, I mean, yeah, what am I talking about? I, I, I went out in the most insane blizzards and stuff because, you know, the party must go on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, no, Toronto I, does not have that dedication, I don't think. Yeah. 
I think that there's just more of a, and it's a younger, slightly younger city. I feel like yeah, there's it's more. it seems like there's a, another wave of like gener- of the like, DJs promoters coming up. Like I know right. that party you, that I played on. Wow, that was a big weekend on Saturday night. Yes, you weren't able to play that one. Um, it was it was cool. It was like very chaotic, but yeah. it was cool like to see yeah. that like enthusiasm. Like people right. were just down. Like yeah, 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 like people were just having fun. It wasn't like phones up. People were just like locked. Yeah, in. that was mm-hmm. the thing is that party looked so sick. Like I was like kind of bummed I didn't get to do it. It just seemed like a fun. It seemed like the like sort of chaos of a fun. Let's make a party happen. It was sick. You know? And it just yeah. like, it seemed to just come together with the it was, like, secret location. And it was this. And like, it was funny because I was in that thread, obviously. So I was seeing the, the venue change and the things change and like all these. And I was like, fuck, this actually sounds kind of fun. And it was like, and like, yeah, shout out to the most mysterious man in uh, dance music. Hyperwine, won't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just turned his head and he doesn't know why. <laughs> he got a chill. Who's talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> he just rode his bike past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, ah! he's like, in he's, town. <laughs> he's, like, he's outside of my door right now. He's like, hey, man. Um, no, but he's, he's also someone that I think is very much, you know, we were talking about him a little bit. And it is funny to see how people have almost created a bit of a myth surrounding him. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think I do, but I... I I'll beep, I, it, out. I'll beep this... it out for the sake of fun. Okay. Uh, we're talking about this... Okay, yeah, yeah. ...who uh, runs mm, Hyperwine yeah. and is sort of just like a very mysterious man. I couldn't tell you how old he is. Couldn't tell you much about him. I know where he lives, but that's because we're actually friends. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like... He's seen many eras of the city. He's yeah, always yeah. traveling to different music scenes. He like... Yeah, he's just like very dialed into like a lot of different global music scenes and always wants to like bring that back here. Yeah. No, he's, he was, and he's responsible for so much of the shift of sound. He's, he's the guy that like, you know, I sort of pride myself on liking a lot of different kinds of music. A lot of them fall into like electronic or whatever. And like, you know, sometimes I'll go to a thing like with one friend that I'm like, I'm not going to know anyone here. And I'm like at this thing and just like side stage, it's, don't worry, I'll be, I'm going to beep all these out. But you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm just like, I'm like, bro, really? Like, what? Like, I remember, I remember Abra, that like R&B singer girl who's part of um, Father's Awful Records crew. I remember who also randomly, uh, her DJ was uh, Zora Jones. Crazy. Like, like Fractal Fantasy and all that, right? And I knew uh, Abra just through Twitter or Instagram or whatever, because we were trying to make a song together that never ended up happening. Anyways, she was like messaging me, be like, oh, come to the show. It's, it was randomly at Young and Dundas Square. She's like, I'm doing this random ass thing at Young and Dundas. I don't know, I'm just here for a couple of days. So she's like, come meet me. So I like go with a couple of friends down there. I'm like watching this girl perform at Young and Dundas Square to like a surprisingly big crowd at like, you know, six in the afternoon. It's like sunny still and whatever. And again, I'm like watching this and I'm like, yeah, like, and again, I'm like, I don't really know anyone that like really cares about Abra that's like my friends. And I look over, fucking just on the side stage it's like bopping his head i was like what like i swear i've been like tapped in i swear i've been in like other cities and just been like oh yeah like but he's, just- he's like that side stage guy at any like bigger festival yeah and then it's like in five years that side stage genre is going to be like what all like the big pop producers are copying like, yes oh yes. yeah like wrote the, the last rosalia album yeah that was like if you look in the credits, there's like a lot of side stage artists. Yes, that, yes. Like when like her ears are really to the ground. She yeah. knows what's coming. She knows she. But then there was some. There's actually some beef I saw on Twitter about her 
jacking some beats from some underground producers. I don't know. I didn't actually look into it. I did much. hear about that. I didn't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it. Because Naffy true, were saying some shit. They were. I like, I did hear that. Yeah, there's some. She 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 screwed someone over. But on, on the positive though, I yes, really think true. of the way uh, <laughs> we're not hating. True, true, baby. true, true. We love Rosalia. I really, I really think of the way she reinterpolated the burial chops on yeah. Candy. Uh, yeah. yeah, like she sang Candy the way Burial chopped up Ray J. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when that's I drew crazy. that through line, I was like, "Yo, her mind. That's crazy." A lot of it really has to do with uh, this guy El Gincho or El Gencho. He's like her main producer, and he used to make. Uh, <clears throat> electronic music in the early like 2010s and his records are really cool they're very like sample delica kind of like really chopped up kind of like not quite ambient but just almost like the avalanches or something like that ah, okay, very okay. just like a lot of samples kind of playing and it's like these like beautiful kind of like whatever he had like a very short-lived career but it was crazy when she started popping up and i was like i was like who's like who's she making this music with and i was like I recognize that guy's face. I was like, that's El Guincho or Genji. I actually don't know how to pronounce his name. But like, I was like, but this guy's been like, <laughs> yeah. but again, as you're saying, he was like a side stage guy from when I was like going to shows for the first time. And I was like, you know, it's like, it's such a crazy thing to see the like cycle of like side stage guys a good, a good little, uh, <laughs> a good t- it's a good, it's a, I like that. I've never, I've never said that before. Well, I honestly, I think, stage guy. I don't think I'm like a full side stage guy, but yeah. I think there's, I'm 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 partially side stage. So I, I feel like Montreal. Side stage. I think there's a little side stage guy in all of us. <laughs> Canada <laughs> is the side stage. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the record. Well, first, I actually wanted to t- tell you a funny story. Please. Um, because this goes back to. So, are you making music as Ebony again? Are you guys making anything new? We have an album coming out later this year. Like a full. We have a full length album coming okay, out. Well, we well. premiered some of the songs. Last this past weekend at Standard Time, yes, with Lego Welt, yeah, crazy. Okay, because I was curious about this because, and the reason I've told this story to Andre before, and I forget why it took me so long to even tell him, but I remember just like, anyways, the story goes like this. So you guys have the track with Bicep, Love Myself, yes, which was a track that I used to DJ out. All, so I shouldn't say used to, still do, play out all the time. I fucking love that track, like absolutely love that track. Crazy now. I was DJing at the Soho house in 2018, maybe. And it was a TIFF party. It was me and, uh, it was me and Mark Ronson, believe it or not. It was a totally random night. Whoa. Um, but it was like a TIFF after party or whatever. So there's all these celebrities there. I remember like Lily Rose Def was there. Timothy Chalamet was there. Jude Law was there. Uh, Jude Law was wasted, by the way. He was like falling <laughs> over and stuff. Anyways, I'm like DJ, like like Mark Ronson. I played after Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson did his thing. Played like this thing called like he had a his night was called like sad love songs. Anyways, he played all these songs that had like the word love in them. He just did his kind of like whatever thing. It was fun. I played after. It was kind of just, like I'm just gonna do my own thing, I guess. Like whatever. And I play this. Or sorry, I play. I play. Uh, a UK garage track, actually. First, this is how it starts. I'm playing this track, and I'm just like chilling, and this man walks up to me, and he's like, yo, man, I just want to say, like, you're fucking, like, killing the music. Like, this is really, really sick. And I'm like, who is that guy? I'm like, oh, my God. And he, like, goes back in the crowd, continues talking like that. Then I play your track, and I'm building it up. It's building up, building up, and I see this guy again, and I keep being like, who the fuck is this guy? And he looks, and he clocks the track, comes 
around the DJ booth gives me a big high five goes, mate, I fucking love this track. You are fucking killing it right now. Fucking love Bicep Ebony. This is this is my jam, man. And I'm like, you're Riz Ahmed. Like, do you know who Riz Ahmed is? Like from the night of? Yes. <laughs> I love that show. The, 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 my next thing that I said to him was like, I love the I show. I literally too. watched episode one again because I need to rewatch it. I'm working on a biopic. Crazy. And yeah, that's it's a that's a cool reference, but it's also just like yeah. an amazing show. I love that show, but I, that show had just I had just watched it like six months ago or whatever, and this is before he went on to do like Star Wars and yeah, like yeah. oh that guy's such a good actor. And all He's that so stuff. yeah, but he was like it's like man, this is fucking so sick. Like he he was just like and I was like you're my guy, man. And then anyways, it was your track, and it was funny how the first track I played, he was like he's like cool man, cool song, and then when I played that. He like ran up and was like, and then stayed beside me for like the next like I don't know, ten minutes. And I was Sick. like, it, it's crazy <laughs> that people still know that track because it's from like 20, eight nine years yeah, twenty fifteen like fifteen right yeah. eight nine years ago, and actually last year, um, the last time Peach was in town like last winter last year, mm-hmm. I was at an after party and someone was like, "Congrats on the white label pressing of Love Myself," and I'm like, "Huh." What? Because it was just like a free download. That yeah. was like a crazy Mary J. Blige sample. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're sold out white label. It's sold out three runs. I'm like, really? Damn. And he's showing Do you even the- have one? I don't because it's sold out. What <laughs> the fuck? There was, it wasn't, we didn't do like a physical release with right. Bicep. It was just like a free download on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, they went on the Phonica Records website and showed me. I think they might have restocked now, but. <sighs> Down to the fourth press? Sold out run. Damn. I was like, wow, that's crazy, but also good hustle. Good <laughs> on you. Like, that's shit. sick as hell. That's crazy. But wait, so so you guys are now working on like a full length album. Who's, it's already done. So it's done. It's, it's done, done, yeah. Mixed, mastered, ready to Mixed, go. Mixed, mastered, ready When's, to go. And it's an album album. It's, it's an like, album out. This is many. nine tracks. Shit. Interesting. When's this coming out? It should. It's gonna be this summer. We're gonna premiere it at a festival, but it's gonna okay. be this summer. Sick. Damn, that's exciting. And then I'm assuming you have more. So, because I was listening to your EP today, fucking rocks. Thank you. I was like just cooking up some food today. I was just like, I was like, oh, bangers. <laughs> and I want to say it's very percussive. I loved how like like a lot of the drums just struck me as someone who just took a lot of care. And I guess as someone who makes a lot of stuff with like breaks and stuff, and like I don't know, it was nice to hear things just like I'd hear things that weren't even snares acting as snares and stuff like that. And things that were just, it felt very like it had the perfect mix of like metallic and organic. Ah, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because I, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it goes back to being <laughs> a student of like Detroit music and just like growing up with like a lot of reggae and R and B, but then also like a lot of classical in the house and understanding music. Like I like having music with a lot of space in it, but mm-hmm. also a lot of texture, but yeah. I like being minimal with my production and yeah. I like to focus on the drums and I, I really like to think of the format, like that club, like that EP was really mm-hmm. made for the club. So I'm thinking very percussive, but also like a lot of space, build some tension and then release it and add a new element to it. When you're mm-hmm. working on tracks like that though, do you do you ever test out unfinished versions? All the time. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, of because like, do, but I mean, like, do you have like, sort of? Because like, I used to do that a lot. But then, like, do you ever do something where you where you it just it just it just doesn't work, and you're like, you're like you overcook it? Yeah, you're like, wait a minute, like, no, 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 you're no overcooking. No. <laughs> I I'm always sending like my songs to to DJ friends just yeah. so because I know if I keep on like 
you know, like when you're in the phase of arrangement, you're like, no, no, I'm going to bump this like another 10 seconds. Right, right. And bring it back a couple of beats. And you can get locked in that for hours. <laughs> Days. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I'm going to add a new lead at a whole new top line. And you yeah. can you can keep on going when it's already done. Yeah. And I'm, I think this EP was like for me just learning when to let go of the track. Right, right. And like letting things just like build and like, like you said, tension and release. I think that's sort of like what it really comes down to. Um, so aside from this Ebony release, do you have other solo music? Like what's next for for the solo side of, of Jordan Gardner? I do. I have a remix EP for this oh, e- that EP that's going to be out later this winter. Who's who's uh, who's on it? Um, I ha- there's it's about twelve artists. Oh, crazy! Twelve remixes. Have you heard of DJ Baba or DJ Babater? DJ, no. Remember that Nick Leon song from last year, Ecstasis, that yeah. everyone was playing? Yeah. DJ Babater co-produced that. Okay. So he made like a crazy remix of it. But crazy sick. There's been some other really good ones. I don't want to give away too okay, much fair, yet, fair, but fair, like fair, there's, fair. yeah, there's some really good ones Sweet. I'm excited about. Sweet. And is that, is any, or is there any plan for anything physical coming out or? Uh, just digital yeah. as of now. Do you um, feel like that's even necessary? I don't. I mean, that's the thing. Like Bandcamp really changed it added like another like wheelhouse in yeah. your release and like the way you could monetize it too. Like yeah. mm-hmm. not a lot of DJs play vinyl. No, I know. I, I mean, I feel, I feel so much like I buy vinyl. Well, I don't actually say I buy vinyl. I occasionally buy vinyl, but it's never to not only it's, it's absolutely never to DJ. It's the artwork. And it's never to even play on my record player, which mm-hmm. isn't even plugged in. It's literally Same. to just like it's, it's literally to just right like there. put on my wall and be like, I love that record. <laughs> I'm such a collector. Like yeah. I, I have a lot of records, but I usually yeah. just like I I know I just want it to have. It's just like a crazy exactly. timestamp for it's, me. It's just you just want to have something. You just want to hold on to something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, there, yeah. No, because there is something that kind of like I think is um, interesting about the sort of digital world because there is that fear. Not fear, but like when something gets completely wiped or gone, yeah, or erased. I, I was just gonna gone. say that, like the reason I have like Blu-rays or anything like that is just like I, I, it's not a conscious fear. But I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, the reason I like love these is because I know that if everything gets wiped one day, I can still like watch these somehow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like this weird preservation thing yeah. inside of me. Like I have my favorite movies and my favorite movies only on yeah. Blu-ray for that reason. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just strange. about it's just about yeah, it's about I don't know it's. I do have that slight fear where it's like, you know, it, I mean, it's it even it's just backing things up, obviously, mm-hmm. but you do freak out a little bit where yeah. you're just kind of like, I don't know, man, like, what if it just all goes? The internet <laughs> you know? feels very fragile to me. I'm always frantically like backing up so much of my files. And yeah. once I get like an Ableton project file to a place where, okay, this is going to be a track. I'm like, okay, this is getting backed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to. Speaking of which, that could be shit. I'm going to definitely do that later tonight because I, you know, when you feel like you're just like, I mean, I don't back up enough. I do back up, but like not every session or not every, like mm, yeah, I do yeah. like once every couple months. Yeah. And now I'm in like that zone where I'm like, man, I've like made a lot of stuff. Right now. It's like <laughs> going to be coming out and it hasn't been mixed or mastered. I'm just like, I should probably back that shit. Time to get some drives. Yeah, I need to buy a new drive to be totally honest with if you. someone like made a track called back it up and like targeted at like music people <laughs> just like back it up back it up sped up like booty like one minute song for tiktok <laughs> maybe i'll maybe i'll just make that right now sampling your voice <laughs> <laughs> well some tracks on my ep were like made from voice notes like that's that's my that's my favorite thing to do recently as well not even recently it's just been like using again using, using technology. the technology yeah that's yeah. what it's, it's about it's just like you 
at the end of the day, have a little sampler. You have a you, shout out to the iPhone. Show <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> you got one right there. I got or one right here. You even one like right screen here. recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're like scrolling on IG or on Twitter. Yeah. And you just hear like that sweet eight bars of something. And you're yeah. Like, whoa this needs to get flipped and you just know it could be a track which is crazy because i almost can't believe that the screen recorder almost seems like not illegal but like not illegal but it seems like i'm surprised they like just let it exist some apps know and they'll like they'll they'll fight back you know telegram like telegram will be like that's josh just took a screenshot interesting and it will delete the photo really yeah it won't let you screenshot interesting but then but then why does like youtube let you do it like I've like ripped things like literally screen recorded from YouTube and it just works. Like you'd think that YouTube would also just be like, no, don't do that. I'm surprised. I, maybe just more, YouTube is bigger and more people are just trying to go into the back end, like the yeah. YouTube to MP3 downloading. Oh, yeah. Shout out to that. That's classic. amazing. They, they tried to make it harder for a second. Now it's right back to working. Yeah, they, it's, it's a little, I mean, it's it's still extremely easy. You guys on YouTube premium yet? No, I hear this is the, the, the <sighs> move though. I haven't done it yet, but I'm like so close to biting the bullet. Have you heard about this? I have. And just, there's some deep cuts that aren't on like Spotify. I, I don't use that's Apple the, Music. That's the reason. And having your phone closed... That's huge. Think, That's a think about it. I, yeah. not to, these guys are not paying us to promote this. I'm just like, <laughs> but like so no, but like my friend was my friend in New York was literally being like, he's like, bro, what the fuck are you doing with Spotify? He's like, you need to use YouTube Premium yeah. or whatever. And I was like, why? Can you switch though? Like, is everything on? It's literally everything that's on normal DSPs is uh-huh. on YouTube because you know mm. you can just find just the it, like it's 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 just another DSP. Uh, but then it has mixes. So has, much more edits it has all the illegal shit all the shit that's mm-hmm. like you know all the like it has everything it's i'm like, making the switch kind of in theory is like the best i've been convinced i know is the inter but spotify has such a good interface i know i guess youtube's yeah. not paying the uh, anyone does, spot, like, does spotify get beeped or what <laughs> no 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 we're on spotify <laughs> people listen to this podcast on spotify <laughs> we can pretend we're gonna have to start uploading to youtube if we make the switch ourselves i'm surprised yeah that's actually is that like I don't know? But then, do you have to make visualizers too? Yeah, I don't know. We used to shoot these things live, but like I don't know. We did, we, we should about show video. Are you guys on TikTok too? No. no, we should be on TikTok. I heard by the way you said no. You're like man, there was, that was loaded. That it was, was loaded. a wasted opportunity. Missed, we yeah. should be on there. I think about that too. I made one TikTok post, and I'm always thinking of like ways to do it in a way where it's like because I don't like to take myself too seriously, but yeah. also it's like, oh, do I need another thing to like? I know. Take away Are we ten- gonna have three cameras? My attention like- span can't handle another one. No, because I, I, I know how good the TikTok algorithm is. It's well, so, I yeah. use it. I just don't post on it. I don't like like all fucking scroll through that shit for hours. Some of that stuff is amazing. It's incredible. I, I was like an original hater of TikTok, but Me I'm too. like, this is amazing. I don't use it specifically because it's too fucking good. Yeah, it's too. It's damn too good. good. Yeah, it's too, and too I will be on good. it for far too long, Fuck. and I can't do that. Damn. And not that I have anything important to do. But <laughs> how would you record podcasts like? If you you would have no time to record, I, I wouldn't podcasts. be able to be here right now and be on TikTok, man. I'd be sitting I, here scrolling. I mean, yeah. As we as we as we bring the pod into a new light, into a new world, we will eventually do something on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, we probably won't. What am I talking about? We're pretty lazy. Yeah, we're but, way too lazy. We're we're be- <laughs> we're not good at the internet, Josh and I. That's not true. I'm pretty good at the internet. Ooh, is it, there's some infighting. Let's go. No, uh, I, think, I don't think we're very good. Like, we're not good. We're not like. We're, we're good at doing this. We're lazy. We're lazy. Okay, we're not here's another. It. Here's another caveat. This is another reason I left Toronto. I don't feel like that micro influencer personality. I'm not like a really loud yeah. personality. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be like, 
look at me. I'm walking down the yeah. street yeah. towards the gig. Yeah. I'm almost at the gig. Did you get your tickets? Oh, I would never do that. But that that's very but prevalent you, here, you, and it, it gets frowned upon in Montreal. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Montreal, I guess, feels to me like a little bit like it has the Berlin vibe. It has the cheap rent, the, the sort of like... I don't know. I feel I like see that's actually kind of sick now. What's that? I'm I'm saying that's in for 2024. What? The fucking the influencer, the micro influencer. No, like that for, was already in. No, I know, but like like you, if Thermal was like being like, yo, yeah, we're on our way to our show. I would never do <laughs> that'd that. That'd be so sick. It would, ne- would not be sick. I would never do it. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. I think You'd it'd be, be so fucking hilarious. I'd be so bad at it. I think it'd be hilarious. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey guys. It's, like, <laughs> it's not fun. That voice for some reason. You've seen like bad liners of artists talking to a camera. Hey, I just dropped my new EP. Check it out now. I can't. I can't. It's I just so think cringe. someone like him doing it would be so fucking. I funny. can't. I, which is why, like, I've I've had meetings with labels before, where they're very much like, "Are you like one of the first questions they'll ask is like, are you down to do that? Willing to play the game? Yeah. It's, and I'm like, I'm willing to play the game, but I don't want to play that game. Yeah. If you do it tongue in cheek, though, it's yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The new thermal album just dropped. Check it out, and then they hand you a bag of money, and you're just smiling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bag of money. That's funny. Tight. That's hilarious. But like, I think about. You ever see the show Atlanta? Of course. I think about the episode where Paperboy was keeping it too real. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. No, I know. And he didn't make the most of his platform or opportunities. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, like he's not Can't a corny dude, real. and he's like yeah. he's an artist in the purest form, where he just wants to make work and mm-hmm. yeah, make that speak for itself. But in this generation of a&R scouting on TikTok and yeah. taking a TikToker who can't sing and dance and like get them like a good yeah. producer yeah. and like a dance teacher. Yeah. Is there still room for like the artist artist? I think the side stage artist. Exactly right. <laughs> I think the that's the name of the episode, by the way. Side stage artist or something like that. Sick. <laughs> um but I feel like I feel like the answer to that is the balance of in between. Yeah. You know, because no, actually, Excuse me. I think just being confident and like just yourself. doing your shit. Like if you th- if you can find a way to do that that's true to you and funny for you or like mm. interesting, then do it. If yeah. if if it's so perverse to you and like there's no way that you can do that, then don't fucking do it. Just don't try to do anything that yeah. doesn't like. There's people that I see do it that I'm like I actually respect this yeah. because you're just being yourself, you know. And, and then there's, there's some people I do that I'm like you shouldn't be doing that. And there's just so many different like avenues of like your career, right? It's like you know. You can be a you can be a burial, yeah. or you cannot be a burial. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it's like it can work for you if it works for you. It's mm-hmm. like at the same time, like you know, watching like uh, you know, for example, like like let's use like like I said, burial. Burial has like that very mysterious aura. That's how he does his thing. That's mm-hmm. what he's always done. That's going to be what he does forever. He's never gonna go on TikTok and be like, "Hey man, that's how I made uh, untrue." It's like. But That's, he would break the internet if he did that. That'd be crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I don't know if you follow like Todd Edwards on like Twitter or Instagram or anything or whatever. I do. I've seen those TikToks. He does his thing and yeah. I watch them because they're I'm like, I'm like, he's like, here's how I made like the remix for Dead in 1993. Mm. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. It's gotten to the point where there's like actual good advice on the internet. It used to be like, I feel like oh, like a year or two ago, even there was just some shit that I was just like, who the fuck gave you the right to yeah. like be teaching people about mixing right. or filmmaking or anything. But then now it's like, there's so much shit on there. And I'm like, this is like solid, solid advice. I think, good, be- like, I think because like content creation is just so much a part of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. So you're no longer just getting the like amateur person showing you how to do something. Exactly. You're also getting the like pro who like teach 
teaches an audio course like at yeah. Seneca yeah. is also like, here's my YouTube channel, yeah. my TikTok being like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I think this, just everyone does it now. So it's kind of just like <clears throat> yeah. the thing. But it's like sick though. Like you're going to want to listen to what Todd Edwards has to say. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know like it was in, like during the pandemic, James Blake was giving IG lives of his whole studio, right. his process, how he layers his vocals, <laughs> all his plugins. Yeah. And same with Fortet did it too, I remember. Mm -hmm. Or his was just like him being like, this is my setup. And it was just like, I think it was like a MIDI controller, like a computer. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's like all. Yeah, he's very, yeah, he's very much like uh, in the box. Yeah. But that's also cool. Like, because he showed some of his plugins and I think Skrillex did it too. It's cool to see like successful artists being so open about their process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, last question. What do you think of Skrillex? Current uh, Skrillex, now that he's like, you know. Well played, well played. <laughs> now that he's like, you know, he's, he's evolved. He has evolved. Or is pretending to evolve. I was a four on the floor guy, like during like the, remember like bass mentality days in Toronto when mm-hmm. there was like that dubstep night yeah. and like like the wobble dubstep was like massive yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I was like a very four on the floor person. So that felt like the antagonist to my story. So yes. I was like against it. And I hated Skrillex. And yeah. then I went to this Vice party. Okay. And I saw him de- do a DJ set. And I had no expectations. And he played. And it was insane. He blew me away. He's so sick. Was this, this was still dubstep era? This was dubstep era yeah. Skrillex. Okay. But he was like playing Feral Monch into like oh, the what? Neptunes. He like just slapped it. Interesting. Like, I, I fucking love Skrillex. No, the thing is, we, we've talked about this on the pod a bunch of times where like I had a moment last year, this time last year or February last year, when the whole Skrillex, Fred again, Fortet like thing was happening where they were DJing everywhere. And it was like, it was almost comical how like, you know, Times Square, then this, and then they did this and they did the after party here and they just kept doing it. But I was listening to those, the first of those two Skrillex seconds, the dancier one. And I was like, like you as well, someone who hated Skrillex for so long, thought I hated Skrillex for so long. I was like, this guy's kind of like, he's kind of sick. <laughs> Dude, the engineering, like the sound design is crazy. It's if you listen amazing. to his music on good sound systems. Wow. He's good. He's, he's good. good. Also, what's his uh, band from first to last? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, that's what called them. He's been around yeah. the block. <laughs> he's done his thing. He's done I, his thing. I think what kind of like blew it out and made it crazy was like, that's that Fred again boiler room. Yeah. And him playing on like the sequencer yeah. and people just going crazy. Yeah. And then, cause we're in such like a visual era yes. of, but you of know who did DJ. it first and did it better? Arab, Arab music. music. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Arab. Shout out. Yeah. But it was also like the Zane Lowe, like yes. interview, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it got blown out. And then like all the memes that came from it, like Fred I mean, again, like hitting the sequencer. And then there's like, Banana peel noises. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> boom, boom, was like boom, making boom. screw face, like yo. He's like, crazy. Oof, oof. I love those videos so much. They're right? so good. But that being said, I'm a I'm pro Skrillex. I'm anti- I'm pro Skrillex I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm anti Fred again. <laughs> I I really tried listening to the album. It, it wasn't for me. It's, it's, not for it's me too much. Yeah, it's not for me either. It's you know, too. Yeah. You know when you go to like a bar and it's still early and no one's there. Yeah. Mm. And like the opener is playing like super fast and yeah. super heavy. Yeah. And no one even got a drink yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, that. It's very read the room. Yeah. <laughs> read the room core. <laughs> That's, what That's what we'll call it. That's what we'll call it. All right, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming through. Yeah. Thank you. Man. Wrapping it up. I'm glad we were able to make this make this work. 
what have you got next DJ wise anything coming up I am playing an igloo fest after party uh, on the 9th at this place called Francesco's on the 9th oh as in tomorrow Wow, I'm sorry, February 9th. February, February 9th, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. Good to know, because this episode won't come out, it's not coming out this Thursday, it's going to come out next Thursday. Um, so, if you're listening and you're in Montreal, go Check see one. Jordan at the party, watch him DJ and watch him kill it. Hell yeah. yeah. Peace. Also, oh. No, no, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Uh, also, starting a new club night very soon at the end of February oh. in Montreal at a new spot. System. Not C-STEM. <laughs> C-STEM is cool, though. That's the only place I know. <laughs> and Dacha, and Dacha. Okay, let me know when you're in town. We'll, we'll go around town. Let's go, out, uh, let's go out in Montreal, Friday, February 2nd. Friday, February 2nd. Because my show's on the 3rd. So I am going to your show. I love that you're in Montreal. I'm going to make you love Montreal again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's going to do it. It's time. It's time for me. Montreal, I'm coming. Get ready for me. <laughs> Peace. Peace.